Well, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but the whole dancing in the dark thing, when because I came out when I was in junior high school, and it was I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face, and you know, I was a, I was a pizza face to say to say the least, and sure. that that those lines really resonated, and certainly when I as I dug deeper into Thunder Road, I'm pulling out of here to win, born to run. Um, these and then Backstreets, of course, with the I hated him and I hated you when you went away. Those those lines really they, they hit home, and that's that's what did it. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson joining me in today's episode is writer fan and co-host of the amazing <laughs> non but the brave podcast flynn mclean flynn welcome to the show oh, thank you for your kind words and thank you for having me I am just, uh, I am thrilled. Uh, I have been a big fan of the podcast from the moment it came out. Uh, I think you guys do a great job of kind of breaking down a lot of not just, you know, Bruce's music and and, in context of what's coming out. And I'm kind of excited to hear your behind the scenes story (laughs) of how you became a fan and such. All right. Well, I'm probably not not that different than a lot of other people's, but uh, we can we can talk about it. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, but I always like, how are you guys doing in the pandemic? This is a scary time. Are you guys doing OK? We are. Um, my my wife actually started going back to her office in June of last year, and she was the only person in, in her office. So it was no it was no big deal. And I've been working from home since 2010 or something full time. So it really, in that way, didn't really have an effect on us. The biggest, the biggest change that we laugh about is that now my wife cooks dinner almost every night. Uh, And so we used to go out for dinner three or four times a week. And she used to have go out for, uh, she's a residential property manager. So she used to go to meetings, board meetings at different buildings, Mm -hmm. up to four nights a week. So, but now she's home. I mean, she yeah. does what she now she does the meetings on 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 zoom or conference call my previous life i worked for uh both real page and resmin which is a I'm... property management software company so oh, okay we, yeah so we manage uh the software that people use to manage uh apartment complexes so cool. similar kind of general thing um i have the same thing i um i manage a contact center uh, for roadside assistance and starting May of last year I've been going to the office every day and so in a lot of ways things just feel normal for me it's just 70 percent of my staff is working from home and the same thing you are um, you know we're cooking at home more <laughs> and uh, though we're in Texas so hey our governor says come on out it's fine. Go to your restaurants anywhere you want. Yes, what's going to be interesting to see if there is any kind of uh, spike in the numbers after the Rangers home opener the other day. It, my wife, <laughs> my wife was in the was in the bedroom and she came in. She goes, 
did you see photos? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and uh, I said, I know it was kind of scary. Um, what we had, and you will, I assume you will agree with me, maybe not, but um, a couple weeks ago, I got my first vaccine. And then last Thursday, I got my second. Nice. So after my first vaccine, you know, Linda's looking at me like, okay, like, now that you've got a vaccine, what are you comfortable doing? And she goes, and I know if Bruce toured, whether you got a vaccine or not, you'd go see him. That goes without saying. And I'm like, sad to admit, yes. If, if you know, if, if Bruce is throwing it all on the line, luckily he is safer than I am, right? <laughs> uh, but I said, no, I have no interest in going to a full ranger a ballpark watching uh, as much as I love watching baseball and just doing that. That just seems crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad we have the vaccine so we don't have to make that kind of decision. Yeah, absolutely. Whether, whether we're not going to do something or, or not based on, yeah, based on COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's she, she's a big Bruce fan too. Oh, that's good. So we, uh, we kind of feed, feed off each other in that way. And she, she's more hesitant than I am. She's more cautious than I am, but, and she wouldn't go to a show without a vaccine. And she's not even sure she's depending on when it happens whether uh whether she's gonna let she's gonna let other people be the guinea pigs for the first few months here how about that you know a a couple months ago i had a bunch of fans on and they were talking about that the last time they were at the 2020 light of day show Mm -hmm. and they talked about how how strange because little did they know right like we're they said we're at that show we're having such a great time and little do we know what was coming and uh, and I, you know, I, I, I can only just imagine, you know, if you were there and then all of a sudden things change. Well, it's funny when, after that, sh- the night of that show and then the next few days we were talking about Bruce, Bruce's, you know, how he looked, how he played and all that. And so our biggest thing was, Oh, you know, he looks very stiff. He's, he can't move very well. And now he's had 15 months now <laughs> to, to get everything stretched out and get everything yes. relaxed and get back in shape. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it is funny that uh, as of, you know, our biggest topic of conversation on January 20th and 21st was Bruce's uh, uh, Bruce's physical condition or what we, we perceive it. Whereas very shortly we were talking about working at home full time and not going out at all. Yeah, it is. Um, I always like to go to the beginning. So talk to me. Where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to when you were a kid? Well, I grew up right outside Washington, D.C. in Silver Spring, Maryland, and my parents were big bluegrass fans. Oh, very nice. Yeah, a little, little different there. Uh, I, and, I, and I was into country music a little bit when I was really young, and then I discovered Top 40. So I'm a pretty big uh, 80s Top 40 head, okay. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, and that's how I got into Bruce when, he, when, when Dancing in the Dark exploded, when the album Born USA was just everywhere that's that was my that was my entry into it i jumped on i jumped on the usa bandwagon you know there and there's nothing wrong with that i i i I sometimes and we all can be a little bit of springsteen snobs right but no not at all never come on (laughs) a lot of people found bruce through born in the usa in fact i i tell my story um my my wife my current my wife now, but at the time we were dating, she had a friend who went to school in the East Coast, came back talking about this guy named Bruce Springsteen. What what you know, year was this? 1979, 1980. Ah, okay, cool. You know, and then 
Um, so you, you buy the river and Hungry Heart comes out. And then like everyone else in the world, you bought Born in the USA. I mean, it was everywhere. Um, and then Tunnel of Love and and then kind of, I remember buying the box set and then kind of drifting away. And oh, then, really? Yeah. And then I became a massive fan. A um, couple things. One, um, after 9-11, the, that brilliant... Um, you know, they're doing the fundraiser and you just have my city of ruins right. and you're just like, Oh my goodness, I've never heard anything like this. And then in 2002, I saw him for the first time perform at the rising, which is why I'm very sad that there is not a chance in Hades <laughs> that we're going to get my first Springsteen show an official release. Right. I know, I know. it hurts, man. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so many great shows and so many, so many great songs that that they did were they they would they sound checked them they rehearsed them yeah. before they before the show and then they it was set listed right there souls of the departed leap of faith and well, he did it and they nailed it <laughs> don henley came out for the encore yeah and they I did fought i the fought law. the law right very and, cool and i just was like oh my goodness how cool is this that was pretty cool yeah it was very cool um so I'm a child of 70s pop culture, so AM radio. So, you know, uh, so I'm right there with you. But can you say what about his music spoke to you? Can you articulate it? Because sometimes it's hard for fans to say that. Well, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but the whole dancing in the dark thing, when because I came out when I was in junior high school and it was, I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face and Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, I was a pizza face to say to say the least, and sure. that that those lines really resonated. And certainly, when I as I dug deeper into Thunder Road, I'm pulling out of here to win, born to run. Um, these and then Backstreets, of course, with the I hated him and I hated you when you went away. Those those lines really they, they hit home, and that's that's what did it. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. I always want to ask someone who was as passionate of a fan as you were, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but that wilderness years, like, <laughs> yeah. how did you guys feel as a fan? See, you know, I have no idea, right? I, I've, I've moved on to other things. My son was born in 1989. I'm busy being a parent, you know, uh, John Hyatt and uh, is one of my other favorite musicians and and I'm a massive Brian Wilson Beach Boy fan so you know I kind of those were my obsessions and so I didn't I remember seeing in Entertainment Weekly like he had two new albums but I didn't go buy them I just kind of you know it was not something that was working with me at that time what were you guys feeling during this you know as this core fans you know were you like what the heck's going on well well fortunately um, I had just discovered Backstreet's at that time. I, I, I okay. think I just I discovered the magazine at a little independent record store in Rockville, in the in the fall of '88, and so I dug deep into that. I, I subscribed almost immediately, and they had the the Backstreet's Boss Hotline. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. No, no, please tell me. <laughs> okay, for for years there, I guess starting back, I don't know when in the '80s, but sometime at least by the by '88, they were they had like an outgoing phone message. And that was where we learned about all the Bruce goings on at, at the time. They would say, hi, this is Charlie or Jonathan or Eric with your hotline update for the week of June 5th, 1989. And uh, Bruce played uh, played at a bar in, in New Jersey this weekend with with Max Weinberg and, uh, and Killer Joe. And they did four songs and here's the set list. And we heard he played really well and they looked like they were having fun, blah, blah, blah. So we were, we were getting information that way. That's the first biggest thing. And then, and so through that, we, we heard, that was where we heard about the, the band breaking up. Yeah. And so we heard about, oh, Bruce is in Los Angeles now. He's recording. We didn't know, don't know any details, but we hear, you know, when they got details, like when they had, when they talked to Bobby King, I guess. And he said, yeah, I recorded the song called uh, Just Another Roll of the Dice. Or I think that was one of the ones. I think Over the Rise may have been another one at the time. And I mean, it's pretty funny how excited we get over one little tidbit of information. <laughs> well, the only thing that's changed is instead of us calling an 800 number or a toll number. It wasn't, it wasn't 800. It was, uh, it it was toll, toll number. number. So you were paying <laughs> long distance charges. Something, something. Right. Um, you know, we haven't changed. Like, I know you were right there with laughing or maybe, you know, with everyone like this, 
the series of radio shows he's been doing for Sirius and oh he's doing one at midnight well you know what that means that means he's going to give you a new album that's the only reason <laughs> you record midnight right and then it's like no he's just a night owl and he wanted to do a night show oh see that thought never crossed my mind it didn't no um i mean i'll be honest going back to the start of the show i'm to his to his show yeah i'm like oh my god this is a great place for him to play some unreleased stuff yeah and so we're what 20 shows in yeah played one (laughs) well and and yes i loved it you know it was that was tremendous i got very excited at the time but um he's kind of settled into more of a you know these are my favorite songs on this particular theme and and i i i'll just you know candidly with me I was like, oh man, he's going to do, and oh, I want a in-house performance. I want to see him, uh, you know, like Jason Isbell or other people performing. And instead, we've really gotten some different insights and different music shared for him. And um, Ron Martz, who's a writer, was on the show with me, and he said, we know Bruce is a good storyteller, so why are we surprised <laughs> he's good at telling a story this way yeah you know that's a good point that's a yeah. good point yeah it's been great um no i have not listened to the to the podcast he's done with barack obama though yeah i i just I, I prefer to listen to music rather than talking because yeah. i and i can't i can't listen to to talking while i'm working that's so just that's a little too tough i'm i've heard two different i've personally have enjoyed them um peach uh, peter chianca from blogness thinks that there's nothing new or you know deep in it if you're a, a pretty heavy fan i just think it's pretty cool that um one of the biggest rock stars in the world and a former president are just around <laughs> shooting the breeze you know i just <laughs> yeah, that's that that has it's an attraction to me definitely yeah uh, you know and because they're very intelligent people obviously yeah. the former president constitutional scholar yes you know where did did you go to law school harvard a little little place up in boston well um and then and then bruce i mean they have the and bruce is very very curious about that kind of stuff yeah i mean he's a self-taught guy yes so he's done all the reading and he's done all the you know he finds something that he's interested in and he dives deep into it on his own and i thought of this last night that um Hamilton originally um, Lynn Winnell performed at the White House and kind of that was the roots of Hamilton. Oh and really? I didn't know that. Yes, he, he, he did a few shows and like he's thinking about doing this. He performed at the Obama White House and then Bruce's Springsteen on Broadway because of the Obama White House. I'm like, what will be interesting a hundred years from now culturally? Yes, the Obama White House brought us two great, <laughs> you know, Broadway uh, theater experiences. That's true. That's I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. I, well, I didn't know. I did not know that about about Hamilton. Yeah, I've never. Uh, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, we, um, my wife and I, on a weekend, uh, we put on closed captions and we sat there. And uh, within 10 or 15 minutes, we were enjoying it. And so it is, it is fast though. It is just, it is, it is a quick paced, uh, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm following what it's long. That's good. But, uh, what, it, but it's rap though, right? I mean, it's, it is it's, rap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's, and did you know the story of Hamilton? Like, did you know his life story, like their Chernow book or anything? I did not. And so, okay. and it, 
you do a pretty good job of understanding it afterwards. Uh, hmm. You follow up. And what I found was interesting, uh, Flynn, is I did a behind the scenes documentary before I watched it. And the explained, you know, that Lynn Manel was talking about that because Hamilton was such a produced a lot of writing and did a lot of speaking that only hip hop is the only way you could capture that how fast he talked and so that's they they discussed it so it's uh it's pretty interesting it's it's very fun and just I just think that's two very distinct shows that both kind of have a little bit of roots Mm. in in a white house I don't have you seen the Jimmy Carter rock and roll president documentary I I you probably don't have a lot of time to do it, but it is fascinating to talk about that, you know, the Almond brothers and everything were supporting Jimmy Carter and then Linda Ronstadt and the Eagles were supporting Jerry Brown and all the different music he had when he was in the White House, similar to the Obama administration had a lot of different music. And it was amazing to kind of hear this um, how much he and Rosalind enjoyed music and mm. how much they wanted it as part of the, you know, in the nation's capital and the nation's house. Okay. Well, they were, I mean, they were young then. Weren't yeah. they? I mean, was he even 50 yet when he became president? I don't think he was. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a young guy. And he is. He, you know, the music was still, was still part of his, part of his existence. Like it is for, for us. It, it truly is. It truly is. Um, so I always preface this question with the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big a fan you are. (laughs) Uh, Because I have had people on the show that have never had a chance to see him. They just recently discovered his music or they live in a part of the country. That's not. So I know you have seen him multiple times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you count? (laughs) I have lost count. Okay. I have lost count. Yeah. I'm probably in the 150 plus range at this Mm -hmm. point. That's good. You mentioned you are not a mixed marriage. My wife and I are a mixed marriage. Okay. She, she does, she, she's done marathons. She does, you know, bike centuries. She is, you know, nice. 5Ks, half marathons. And, you know, when I'm watching Star Trek, uh, you know, and, and Bruce. So um, you have a, not a mixed marriage. So you mentioned how you found your lovely bride was through Bruce. Talk to me about um it was do do you remember remember america online (laughs) yes (laughs) well they had a they had a a bruce focused music board they had a whole bunch of different artists focused uh message boards back in the back in the 90s and we both found our way to the to the bruce one and she had um she seemed connected She she had a lot of good info and it seemed like anyway and she still does uh, and a friend of mine wanted to, wanted to hit on her and I wanted to hit on my friend's sister. And, uh, turns out neither one of us got what we wanted, but I got Claudine. And so life has worked out pretty well. So you ended up winning after oh, yeah, all. Definitely. Absolutely. Very definitely. nice. Definitely. That's and, nice. You know, and she, she was at, when I say, when you say we're definitely not a mixed marriage. Yeah. She saw her first show was no nukes. Mm-hmm. And she likes to point out to me every every December that she was at all three Nassau Coliseum shows in 1980. Okay. Uh, all 10 shows in 84, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, that's great. That's too. Um, it, 
talk to me about it. You, you've, you've been very, you guys do a great job on the podcast. So first I want to know about, you mentioned a little bit that your partner um, was, Hey, Hey, let's do a podcast. Um, is it anything more than that? Or just, as you said, we were having these discussions anyway, we might as well throw them out there for fun. Um, well, I have a, I majored in TV radio in college. So okay. it, it crossed my mind to do something like this, but I didn't know how, and I don't have the uh, get up and gusto okay. that, that he has, that he has to make us keep on, keep on schedule. And we're going to record on this, on this day, we're gonna record this topic. And then we're going to do, then I'm going to edit it the next day. And then we're going to put together and it's going to go up on this certain day. So it's definitely took a lot of pushing or, his, his pushing is what keeps us going. Yeah. What has, what have you learned the most about doing the podcast? What surprised you the most about doing it? Well, the first thing was, is how hard it is. Um, we, the first time we did it, it was just, he said it was just awful. Mm-hmm. We did, we did our, our Western stars track by track and we did it once. And he just said, this is bad. This is just not worth putting up for anybody to hear. So we did it again. And um, right after it dropped that first time, I saw Tom Cunningham, the guy who does the, the Bruce Brunch in Jersey. Sure. And he said, just, just keep doing it. And, and he was right. Um, at one point, we you know, I would get like 30 different edit points for, for that Hal puts together and says, and then I edit, edit them together. And now it's like maybe five or five or six for, per episode. Mm-hmm. So it's a, we've gotten a different, we've got a, a good rhythm down and it's, it's it's quite enjoyable yeah and i as i said you know this is there's a little bit of a and i mean this in a nice way an academic feel that you guys are talking about you know the archives and discussing what's coming up and and discussing what you think is as as historians you know not just fans what you think needs to be released out there and I think that's a very cool perspective to see. You know, my thought is I go, oh, hmm, I like these songs. I will buy this one, <laughs> you know, versus not thinking it in historical terms whatsoever. I am purely someone like, oh, if I'm at the show, I definitely want a copy of anything I attended. But everything else like, oh, let me look. Oh, there's three or four songs that I'd love to have live. Let me give them my nine ninety five. <laughs> right. Well, we, I ran a, a website called theboots.net back in the okay. late 90s and early aughts. Yes. And one of my um, more popular sections of the site was what was I called the top 50 list, which was the top 50 concerts to or the top 50 recordings that would give you the best overview of Bruce Springsteen's career. They weren't the top 50 best shows ever, and they weren't the top 50 best bootlegs ever. They were the ones that were the most representative of a tour that included some rare things. But, but when you put it together, you got a really good idea of Bruce's career. And I, and that's what I, that's what I want the archive series to do. Um, you know, unfortunately there we're missing the rising, but we were talking about a while back, we were talking about the, the wrecking ball tour mm-hmm. and we needed a, they had, we had a show from, two shows from the summer of 12. We had a couple shows from uh, the summer of 13. And it's like, you need something more from the fall of 12. 
And so then they 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 check that they check that box off with that's a great St. Paul show. Yeah. And you know, that's the way it should be. And I would you know for the most part they're doing that. There are obviously a couple tours like the Seeger sessions in the 92-93 tour where they haven't been as quite as thorough as as I would like, but you know, there's still a lot of time yet to come. So I'm a little disappointed, I guess, maybe just because I, I, I would love the visual as well is, you know, we get the audio only and we do not, they, they did not bother taping shows, you know, <laughs> filming shows. And I guess I'm just being greedy. Like I would have loved to seen a couple of these shows uh, when it was the E Street Orchestra or the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the E Street on steroids, you know, during the Wrecking Ball and the High Hopes tour, because that was such a fun it was such a fun, loose um, grouping. You never know what you were going to get. And it just seems like they were having a blast. Right. So the, in, that, in that respect, the visual aspect would be quite, quite beneficial, but yeah. there is, I mean, there's a quite a, a good chunk of fan base stuff out there that, yeah. that I think would, would capture that. I mean, no, it's not perfect quality, but mm-hmm. there's enough, there's enough fan base stuff that, you can definitely get a feel for that. And, you know, we are blessed in a lot of ways, Lynn, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this is um, when the river, the latest river tour was happening, you know, it seems like every couple of days, something was happening. He either had a fan come up on stage and play with him, or you, you know, he signed a kid's, um, you know, excuse to be late for class <laughs> and stuff. And, and, and at the time I was wondering, is the internet because of the internet we now know more about this or or is this something new in how he's interacted with the fans what do you think oh, that's a very good question um and, and i don't it's it's very possible we just don't know mm-hmm. uh too much about specific fan on fan interactions or fan to bruce interactions but we do you know i don't think we know i don't think bruce signed any absentee notes back in 1978 or 1980 exactly you know those are the kind of things that would come out people would hear in recordings yeah um i think if you listen to the the passaic show from 78 not the broadcast but the other night i think it's the uh, this is where my memory is starting to fail me here i figured it's the 20th or 21st that they've released okay do you do you remember off the top of your head okay But you hear people are sending birthday presents up to the stage. And so it's cool to hear Bruce open these things and react in real time. So I guess that's kind of similar, but not, but not, but not quite. He's definitely become a lot looser and a lot more, I guess, comfortable with meaning with, with meaning that much to people basically where I'm sure he's used to people, saying oh your, your music saved my life and you know it's it's true yes it <laughs> and is. so i'm sure it took him a while to kind of come around to that to realize that yeah his music has had a huge impact on people yeah when i drove down to austin for one of the book signings and you know i, I what do you say to him what what do you try to say and um and you know there's nothing unique you can say <laughs> that he hadn't and so you know in my mind i'm like i needed to say it more than i needed him to hear it yeah uh, and so that kind of thought process um do you 
do you find it interesting the years that he's changed where, you know, they used to like even Saturday Night Live made a, a skit back in the 70s about just the stories, right? Like because he used to tell so many stories and now then there's so many less stories. Do you, do you think it's just him as a performer has kind of moved past that? Why do you think he's changed? What's your best guess? Well, that's, that's a very good question. I think the change happened between the Joe tour and the reunion tour. Okay. And I would like, and I, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't joking, but I said that he talked so much on the Joe tour that he didn't need to talk on, on the next one. Um, and I just think that in the, in the reunion era, the music the, or the crowds, crowds are different. Yeah. Uh, you listen to those recordings from 78 and 80, where he's talking about his dad and he's, uh, talking about you know the intro to it's my life and you can hear feel like you can hear a pin drop in the audience and now that's just not going to happen yeah and you know, for better or for worse it's it just is so what i i took my son um to the oklahoma city show during the river and that was his first show he'd ever gone to mm-hmm. and he went basically just hey um okay pops you know, it's an excuse for you and I to go out of town. You, this Bruce guy, you know, that's all we're going to talk about. And so the next morning, we're driving back to Dallas. And he's what struck a lot of things struck him. One is he said that um, the Cowboys should sign um, Bruce's guitar tech because they <laughs> need a good receiver. He says, I don't think Cowboy receivers catch as good as this guy. Uh, I don't know about that. They, like when, when, when you had a. Uh, uh, God, he, uh, Zach. Yes, Zach. Prescott. Yeah, Prescott. Right. When he's when he's throwing the ball, they can catch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what Chris thought was, you. He says, if you're a musician, you need to be ready because he says there is no. Bruce finishes a song. He mumbles around. You go. He's like. He ends that last chord, you're applauding, and all of a sudden he's counting down the next one, Dad. I mean, there is no filler between songs. And I know that sometimes when you're listening to the archives, there is that now. You you can hear back in the day where there would be time between songs, but now then there is just flat, okay, one, two, three, one, two, three, and um the shows continue to be long and there are more songs filled. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like the way he just goes bang, bang, bang between from song to song. Uh, I mean, especially it really came out on the, on the reunion tour again, where he yeah. did that five pack where, I mean, he actually, he started the show and it was like three or four, five songs, some nights where there was no break. And then he did the two slow songs and then he came back for that five pack. And again, you had that was 45 minutes of straight music. There's not one minute, not one second of silence. Yeah. And I think it really works in, in, in keeping the keeping the momentum going. I I love it. Well, so so do I. And I this 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 whole experience of he is very good at building, you know, a an experience. Um and it was, in, you know, my wife, as I said, wasn't a fan. And so when she was going to go, she, she was at that first Rising Shore song, knew nothing, was like thrilled they did working on a highway. She's like, <laughs> oh, that one I know. <laughs> and then 
but she really loved Wrecking Ball as a CD. She thought that was a really good um, CD. And, and, you know, uh, Rocky Ground is one of her favorite songs because she's a hiker, you know. And so um, she just in her mind, we've been climbing on Rocky Ground. And so when we went to see him, she was like, Jesse, you didn't play this song for me. You didn't play this song for me. And I was like, okay. Let me explain something to you, Linda. He doesn't do the same set list anymore. No, he does not. And she had a trouble grasping that concept. Well, it's that's it's interesting. Um, a lot of artists do. They 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 come up with their eighteen to twenty song set list, and that yeah. they get the start of a tour, and that's what they play. They make skip you know mix it up with one or two songs a night here mm-hmm. and there, but obviously Bruce puts together a you know a thirty song set list, and he'll change fifteen songs from night to night. Yeah, and that is what casual, when I talk to someone and, and they'll talk about, like, I've, I've seen him 16 times, right? So, and they're like, you've seen one artist 16 <laughs> times? I'm like, you don't even understand. Okay, like, you said, I'm in grade school, <laughs> you know, um, but when, um, uh, my wife and I went and saw Brad Paisley several years ago and, and, you know, he did a great show. And then the next year we went back and Linda said, well, why did we do that? It was the exact same show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was nothing different, including the videos in the background. How interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, it, it so yeah, I do think it's amazing and what's going on. All right. You've shared so much because you already do a podcast, but are there any, stories from shows that you want to share to the audience let my listeners like maybe some fun backgrounds or something that you might want to share or do we just tell you to go listen to your podcast (laughs) well i don't i don't tell a lot of stories from like specific shows uh i feel like uh everybody everybody has their has their stories and is there a favorite tour well yeah Uh, i got a you know my first tunnel of love yeah. So I start, I start, I start there and loving the archive release from, uh, from last week. And, yeah. um, and then uh, yeah, reunion tour, the Re- the rising tour. And then the, I have a special connection with the, with the 92, 93 tour. Cause that was, I was 21 when that, when that tour, when that tour started. And I, that was the first time I really saw multiple shows. And we, I did a April's Fool episode where I had a stand-up comedian join me and play an obnoxious Springsteen fan. Like he <laughs> talked about, you don't know, Jesse. He said, you know, Grace, uh, Elvis Presley's uh, estate uh, had to, um, you know, settle with Bruce because Bruce had stole a gold bidet from the Elvis. I swear to God, he stole a gold bidet from <laughs> Graceland and no one knows about this. And so he was in, we kind of did a fun story and um, we got a little bit. Um, I loved y'all's uh, <laughs> tweet and I know you guys got crap, but I thought it was hilarious because it was realistic enough. And, and for those of you who don't know, um, you guys talked about the anniversary of the 92, 93 tour, right? That's right. What, that was the premise. Yes. And they were going to do the next year's tour is going to be the 30, 30th anniversary reunion of the, of the 92 of the 92 band. And they were going to go out and play a bunch of shows. That was the tour for next year. 
And, and, you know, it was such an obvious, like, okay, first off, I knew it was April Fool's and I'm like, that's so unusual. And some people just did not, don't, they take tours a little too serious, don't they, Flynn? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of these things where you see the word Springsteen and tour in the same sentence and yes, you want to, you want to believe, you need to believe that's, that's what's going to happen. And yes. You know, I, I, I get that. I actually, I fell for a Bruce April Fool's joke back in like 97 where a friend of mine sent me an email. He said that uh, Bruce was going to start releasing these old shows like The Bottom Line from 75 and The Main Point, The Passaic, you know, basically what he did, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 fell f- f- I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. So, yeah, I was, you know, was kind of disappointed. But at the same time, it's, you know, something's got to be somewhat believable for it to, Yes. For it to really work. It is. Um, what are the future plans for the podcast? Um, well, we're going to be talking about Lucky Town, the album on the, on the next one. We're going to be, um, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to give anything too far away. Okay. Um, That's fair enough. You know, but I think we're going to have uh, some, some cool guests, you know, not, not Bruce himself, but right. uh, hopefully some, 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 some people who are going to be tell some cool stories and, uh, we can really have some any some in-depth conversations. You know, I, 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 I know there's a no chance in hell that um, little Steven is going to want to join me to promote <laughs> the book, but um, though I did get Marine on twice, and that was That's that cool. was pretty fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, I would, I think that. I thought his um, Brian Koppelman's interview with him a few years ago on the moment was really well done. So hopefully you guys can get a little Steven talking about the book. Cause I think that would be a, I think that's going to be a good chance to hear some stories and kind of help promote his new work. Okay. Well, I don't know if he's going to want to come on our podcast after, you know, he retweeted us and said, we, this is a hundred percent bullshit oh, that's on right. our April fool's joke. So I'm not sure he's, he's going to want to talk to us now. <laughs> that's right. You have now you've ticked off Miami, Steve. Oh we no. Did, yes. yes. We did. That was the one question my friend Sam wanted to ask. He says, ask Maureen, did she fall in love with Miami Steve or little Steven? And she said kind of both. Hmm. So that's good. Okay. Um, talk to me. And it, Until the this night is, is over? Yes. Are there, because you've seen him so many tours, do you have a wish list of songs that you haven't got to hear live? that you still are kind of in the back pocket you have this you know kind of crumbled five you know <laughs> index card of going oh that's what i want well it's not so much of songs i've never seen um but it's songs that i haven't seen very much that i want to see him do with like the east street band like for example i want to hear more stuff from from tracks yeah i want to hear i want to hear cynthia i want to hear frankie uh, restless nights roulette loose ends all that kind of stuff and then i want to hear the the 92 stuff with with the e street band and i've been lucky enough to to see just mo- most of it actually yeah um you know uh i've never i haven't seen him do local hero but i've saw him i saw him do leap of faith i saw him do lucky town and you know that's that's what i want to i want to hear more of i mean unfortunately the, my one wish list if you want to talk about the one song that i desperately want to hear live and haven't seen it's unreleased it's, it's protection Mm-hmm. That's the one that I'm going to lose my, you know, lose my proverbial, you know, yes. over. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't um, know if you're PG or not, so I don't yeah. want to say. It. No, no, I get you. Um, 
Better Days is one of my favorite songs, and I've never heard that live. And and oh, you, uh, you should have been in Houston in nineteen in two thousand. Yes, I know. <laughs> so close, yet so, so close. Well, I, I've told this story before. Um, uh, um, um, you know, uh, this is your shield, right? This is um, this is your sword. This is your shield. Um, I really, for some reason, that song spoke to me. I don't know if it's because I grew up Southern Baptist or, <laughs> you know, and I, I all church camp and all that, but I really love that song. And he was going to open the Houston show with it. And um, it was on the set list and um, they walk out and Tom Morello goes, hey, we're in Houston. And they scratch and open with seats. <laughs> oh, that, and that- that always hurts. It, it, the last time he played Houston, he opened with Seeds as well. So I was like, it isn't even like a song I hadn't gotten before. So no. yes, that's great. Yeah, well, if we want, if we want to talk set, set list audibles that hurt. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I was just looking at the set list the other day. Um, uh, Greensboro, 2008. Okay. Uh, they just released the, well, not just, but they released the archive back in, uh, I guess it was October, November of last year. Yeah. And we, we attended that show. We saw the, the two Carolinas and then Charlottesville. Uh, originally, what was supposed, supposed to be the end, end of that of that leg. But um, he had actually none but the brave on on this handwritten set list after Mary's place. And he audibled out of it the sunny day. <laughs> And the night and the night before, he actually had Streets of Fire on the set list and, and, and skipped over it. So, yeah, we've all been there. I know. It happens. It's, it's, it happens. You know, and then, it, you know, I think one of the Mohegan shows in 2014, he had like three or four 92, uh, 87 songs in a row on it. And he yeah. like, skipped over all of them. Um, you know, it's and I mean, it happens. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you, you sometimes you get an impromptu performance of say living proof uh, right. other times you you get sunny day yeah well um at that same houston show they did one step up and oh, yeah. you know yeah. and you know that was um a sign request and it was you know and like i said this is the first and you know if you hear him he says we do not know this song. <laughs> you have made your bed, sir. And it was really magic to hear that. So, you know, he gives and he takes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, at least he had, it's not like he hadn't even listened to the song in 20 some odd years. He right. had just played it a bunch of times on the Devils and Dust tour. Yeah. So it was just a matter of getting them kind of eased into that, into the groove of that song. And I mean, and I've listened, actually, I just heard that, that song, not from that performance, not too long ago. And once they get going, it's, it's beautiful. It is really beautiful. It's something pretty special. Yeah, I mean, uh, I go back to that. I said, living proof. There's a performance of living proof from Milwaukee in 2009. Yeah. Where it starts off. I mean, Max has no idea how the song goes, <laughs> yeah. um, but they, they work on it right there live in front of you. The whole band is, is, is I wasn't there. But just just from listening, and you you can hear them gel in in the song, as as the song as the song goes on, and they they just they're they're nailing it by the end of the song. It's a, it's it's amazing, and you know, imagine if they had sound checked that song just one time, it just it would have been it would have been great. You know, Flynn, I you you're so correct. I 
you know, he talked about it. It's his magic trick, right? That, that you know, he's doing this. But I don't understand. And it is one plus one equals three. <laughs> but you're like, how can you get this group of musicians? And, and, you know, especially then, you know, they had the horn, they had the backup singers and all this stuff. And you're like, how do you mix this together on the fly? You know, we're, you're changing the tires on the car as it's driving and they make it happen somehow. Yes, they do. I mean, also got to give them correct credit. I mean, there are professional musicians. They they are quite familiar with just about every song Bruce could has even heard himself. Yes. And so it wouldn't take them that long to to figure out how to do it and how to how to approach it. Just a matter of is it going to be good enough for if they're doing it at a sound check? Is it be good enough for Bruce to to call it out later, or if it's a sign request that they're doing on the fly? It's just going to be, all right, let's just get it together so it works. I mean, like that you never can tell video. Yes. Where they, I mean, you hear them, you see them working up and it's like, oh, no, that key's too high. I got to go to the, got to go, got to go one lower. And you hear them talking about like, all right, guys, all right, horns, get the riff going here. Get the, get, the, get yeah. it going. And it's, it is amazing. Yeah, it really is uh, pretty amazing. Um, I do, are there you're obviously a fan and and you love the music but is there a certain songs or albums that you could go back to from for either during good times or bad times emotional support that just mean the world to you or your lovely bride hmm i do a lot of shuffling okay i have i have um i have a workout uh playlist and so i hear that gets me going a lot of the time either to try to get the best ones the ones are going to keep me going the ones i haven't heard in a while right and so i guess i mean the answer to your really to your question is not really okay. <laughs> uh i mean i have everything on a hard drive that i can pull it up pull up in yeah. an instant on my on my personal computer and mm-hmm. or on, even on my phone but yeah, there's nothing. It's not like, well, I'm I'm feeling I'm not feeling too good tonight, so I'm going to put it back in your arms, or okay. I'm feeling great, so I'm going to go put on Leap of Faith. Okay, it's, I don't I don't really have that. Okay, that's um, because I tend to have, in fact, um, you know, I, when I was looking for a job, I had I picked five or six Springsteen songs that, and I made a little hope, you know. Uh, playlist that i would on the way to a job interview i'd be hmm. playing those songs and things about that so that's that's okay that's kind of cool what songs are on there uh better days land of hope and dreams um and um dream baby dream of all things I, I, I yeah um and um i love um you know um uh, I'm, you know, uh, the, from the Seeger sessions, the, um, the gospel, you know, let your light, I'm, I'm drawing a block, you know, let your little light, you know, shine. Um, I, I love that because of, once again, I grew up, you know, as little a, light of mine. Yeah. Little light of mine. Yeah. I'm going to let, let it shine. shine. Yes. yes. In fact, I went to house of blues gospel brunch and I was disappointed the whole time. I was like, oh, they, we didn't haven't got, they didn't, well, they didn't do anything in that style of, I, I like, I wanted a E street band kind of that <laughs> wildness. And it was like, no, it was just, it's like, 
disappointed me. Disappointed me. I, I really hate to tell you something there, Justin. Yeah. There's only one E Street band. Um, I, I, Terry Smith, who does <laughs> the Music Talks podcast, was talking about um, he was at the London show that they released a few, uh, you know, last year, right? The, the, the Seeger the Yeah. The November show? Yeah. So okay. he was there. And nice. he said that um, he, and he says it was one of the few times that he was on his company's dime. <laughs> he actually was able to bring a client. Um, and he said, you know, and you know me, Jesse, I would, I would not, they'd have to be a true fan before I let him go. And he says that his, the, his, his client looked at him and said, that was good, but it's just not the E Street band, is it? <laughs> it's, it's different. Yeah. It's di- I mean, you're right. There's, you know, I hate to fall into that same trap because uh, I'm a big fan of Bruce's non-E Street work. Yes. Um, but yeah, Bruce with the E Street band, as Steven said, that's the legend. Yeah. It, it really is. And it's great to see him try something new and try to work with other musicians to see what they can do. Like, like the Seeger Sessions are in 92, but yeah, you got to go home to E Street. Well, and I, my only disappointment was the Western Stars film was I wanted him, because I'm greedy, to pick three or four traditional E Street songs and have them play it with that band the same way the Seeger Session started doing it. Like, I'm glad we got, you know, Rhinestone Cowboy, but I wanted (laughs) three or four other, like, throw in bonus tracks of just something to hear that would have fit with that because that band was so much fun to watch. Well, my my counterpoint to you on that one is okay. you would just have such a direct comparison between E Street and non-E Street. Yeah. It would have to be a totally different arrangement to, to to look at the song and say, yeah, that stands on its own. Yeah. You know, that's to me that's why the Western Stars is so great because it's it's not E Street, it's it and it's totally different. Yeah. And when he did uh, like you as you said, Rhinestone Cowboy, I think that's an amazing performance. I love it. Total highlight for me. Oh, I do too. And partly because, you know, my, my mom loved Glenn Campbell. You know, I grew up and, you know, we listened to both kinds of music in my house, country, <laughs> country. and Western. Yes. Uh, so, um, and so to hear him, you know, the, the Jimmy Webb and, and Glenn Campbell influence was just something amazing to me. Um, and I know you guys have talked about on the podcast. I'm going to turn fanboy for a minute at, at this late in his career to put out two albums of such unique music is just, is it's just kind of amazing. Oh, I, I, well, I agree with you a hundred percent. And then, but then I even say, well, then you got to throw in Broadway that came out at the end of 18. Yeah. So in three years, 18, 19, 20, you had three very different, but all excellent albums. Yes. And he's, and he's, it's very rare to have somebody do that at that level with so much diversity that, and it's so much, but so much quality too. Yeah. And um, th- I had a guy on the podcast um, er, late last year and he, and, and I want, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. He said that he was sitting, standing in the pit at the reunion, one of the reunion shows. And his mind was, this is it. <laughs> this is the peak of our fandom. 
I, you know, we've gotten the band back together. They sound amazing. And I mean, who knows what we'll get in the future, but this is the peak. He says, and if I could have gone and told that guy, you've got magic coming. <laughs> you've got, you know, Wrecking Ball. You have Broadway. You have an autobiography. You you have what you, he was going to play the Super Bowl. <laughs> he says you would have blown his mind. Any thoughts on that? Um, well, let me, let me, let me try to think here for a second. Okay. Um, First off, yeah, when he when he finished the reunion tour, we we didn't know what he was going to do next. I mean, I it'd been a long year. I mean, it was a great year of touring, and I saw I saw a lot of shows. And we got to the end, we got to the garden, and I mean, he when he played Blood, Blood Brothers, I was I was bawling. <laughs> I admit it, I was bawling, and because we didn't know what was going to happen next, and. Even into 2001, we, we never heard anything about new album or, or anything except for, you know, Live in New York City, which, you know, <laughs> they kind of botched. Yeah. And so it wasn't until early 2002 where it's like, OK, well, this is going to be real now. He's going to he's, he's recording yeah. a new album. And you know, from there, I think from the beginning of the rising, if you look at it that way, he's really been busy. It, and you know how they're. Uh, Picasso has different eras and they they'll talk about I, I think Springsteen the same thing that I think it would be a very interesting discussion to say what time periods are what era you know the and you know the the Broadway era the you know the rising era whatever it would be because he does seem to be keep finding new ways to entertain us and to <laughs> to continue that conversation as he talks about right yeah yeah uh, i i look at it like i think reunion through rising is one era yeah i think uh then the off east street 2005 2006 it's another uh, magic and working on dream it's another era and then certainly uh, wrecking ball and high hopes i mean that's, that's three years of touring right there too yeah so it's you know it's and each era has its ups and downs has its yeah. advantages and disadvantages or not disadvantages but each one has its has its strength and they're not they're not all the same across all eras well and as you and you guys talked in the episode the latest episode you guys are going through human touch and you know you both have different opinions about the different tracks and one of them you like more than the other and, <laughs> and they you know and that's why um you know, someone loves Jersey Devil. I'm just there's there's a fan I, somewhere out there. I think it's a cool song, man. Okay, <laughs> For what see, it is, it's a cool go. song. <laughs> there you go. I love it. That's great. You know, not every song is going to be Thunder Road, but yes. you know, if if every song has to be Thunder Road, he's not he's not going to release very many songs. Yeah, well, you so. know, I I would rather my thing has always been I would rather hear a song myself and say, yeah, I don't like this song or this song sucks, then yeah. hear about it and only be told by, by that's what other people close to Bruce that think about it. Yeah, yeah well said, well said. Um, Flynn, what, I sh what should I have asked you that I haven't? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I know we've covered, covered a good amount of the territory tonight. Well, I, I always ask this because I, I had a guy on the show and we finished up and we 
you know, we, we hit record and we ended recording and he goes, Oh, by the way, next time I'm on, I should tell you when I got drunk with the E street band. What? Yeah, I don't have any stories like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, we're going to end with uh, the Mary question. So Jay Armstrong is a retired um, honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And back when he taught, he would take two days of, and would cover Thunder Road as a poem. They would look at all the different lyrics. They would talk about the imagery verse uses, uh, talk about the themes. And at the end of the two days, he would look at his class and say, does Mary get in the car? So, Flynn, that is your question. She gets in the car. She gets in the car? She gets in the car. And one of my strongest points of evidence is that 13 years later on the Tunnel of Love tour, he says, well, I put all these people in all these cars. and They have to go somewhere. So she got in the car and they took off. I love it. Sounds great. All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, I guess Twitter is the best place. I'm at at Flynn McLean. Really difficult to remember. And plug the podcast. And yes, listen to the podcast. Listen to our podcast too. Uh, None but the brave podcast.com is our website. Um, The name of the podcast is none but the brave. And you can find us on all the usual podcast uh, services how'd you come up with a name um we wanted something that would let people know from the get-go that this was for the hardcores okay and then we you know you would be very brave to 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 listen to us for an hour (laughs) (laughs) at least that's what i was thinking at the time but Mm -hmm. uh it worked well, I, I just think it's been great. Welcome to uh, the Springsteen podcast neighborhood. Yes, I, thank I, you. I, I am thrilled that you joined me tonight, and I, I appreciate all you do. And like all, like many others, um, we're hoping that there's going to be a point where we're going to all be together <laughs> in in a uh, in a restaurant waiting to queue and enjoying a beverage talking about what do you think he's going to open with oh, and man. what what rarity do you think we're getting tonight oh, well i think the, the first when he comes back when they first start touring again it's going to be a while for them to get their right. get their road legs back yes. it seems to take longer on on every tour and they obviously it's going to be five years um that they that they haven't that they played together really mm-hmm. that they played a full show so it's going to take a while. So they're going to focus on getting that, whatever the standard set list is uh, yeah. at that point. And then he'll work on a few weeks in, then he'll start working on the, you know, mixing in protection and restless nights. And for, you know. for the record, what do you think they'll open the tour with? What song? Um, well, I mean, we did a podcast where we kind of, how That's I right. Did you a, guys did do that. That's right. right. Where we each had our own, what we thought the set list was going to be. And I made a major mistake. Okay. I, I had it open with better days and the main set closed with ghost. Okay. And about 45 minutes in, into our episode, I'm like, yeah, I should switch those two. Yes. So he's going to open with ghost. He's going to close the main set with better days. I always thought that burning train would be the way to start till I heard him do ghost on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and I went, okay, yes, this is the, the, the kick it off. Though, to, you me, burning, Go ahead. to me, burning train is like the third or fourth song in the set. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be Ghost, and I then it might, might be a, an E Street classic, Prove It, Ties It Bind. Those yeah. two ones he's he's often gone he's gone to in that in that kind of spot, and then he's going to burn into or jump into Burning Train. 
yeah i love yeah, it. I think it's going to be i think it's going to be amazing i i think so too and i uh uh we're just um we're one vaccine at a time to get us there and uh, i appreciate it my friend thank you so much for taking time talking to oh, me thank you I, for having me this has been a lot of fun <laughs> well thank you listeners you please remember to social distance remember to wash your hands remember to wear a mask and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this for now thank you and we'll talk to you soon goodbye Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store, where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page, where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.